Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the cafe. Welcome to the program. Pastor Clark Covington here with another episode of KJV Cafe. I'm so glad you've joined me. If you haven't already, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash KJV Cafe. And check out our website, kjvcafe.com. We've got some other episodes on there. We've got links to our YouTube channel and some other good stuff, even a couple links from our little church. So check us out. Thank you for listening. We're in a series on overcoming. And how important is that in this world to overcome? Do you want to overcome this world? Yeah, I bet you do. If you're a Christian, you know you do. You want to overcome this world. Here's a problem. What are we overcoming? I've heard songs about being an overcomer. I've uh, heard uh, messages about overcoming. I've seen movies and so forth about being an overcomer. But what does that mean? I mean, what, in fact, are we overcoming? And the Bible has a ton to say on this. And I believe there's many layers to this. But as I've studied the word and as I've been preaching here, uh, one way that we're overcoming or one of the main ways or the main way that we overcome in this life is by facing temptations that the devil puts forward and resisting those temptations by the working of the Holy Spirit within us and overcoming the lusts of the flesh. That's essentially, essentially what we're doing here, what we are to do. And you want to look at a backslid Christian, typically they face a temptation and say, yeah, I like this. Keep bringing this to me. I'm good with this temptation. You want to see someone on fire for God? They're saying as hard as this gets, as bitter of a pill as this is, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take this lashing on the back. I'm going to take this uh, getting getting chewed out by my boss because I didn't work on Sunday and I went to church. I'm going to take this that my kids don't like me because I tell them to get off the internet, tell them to get delete the social networks. I'm going to take it that my friends think I'm, I'm boring because I canceled Netflix and Disney Plus and all these wicked things. I'm going to take it that I can no longer go to the bar and drink and I can't do these things. I'm going to take it on the chin. Everyone's going to say I'm no fun. I don't go into these places anymore. This, this company blasphemed my God and I decided I'm not going to go into this company anymore because they blaspheme my God. Everyone's going to say, you Bible thumper, you hypocrite and so forth. That's the overcomer. That's the overcomer. And overcoming in this world, as we'll see as we get to the conclusion of this message on another day, but uh, we'll get there eventually, overcoming in this world means great reward in heaven. Amen. There's great reward for the overcomer. Our text verse, 1 John 5, 4, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So to have victory in this world is to live an overcoming life. To live an overcoming life is to be born of God. To be born of God means to be born again. That means being saved. Amen. And to be saved, we must accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, which means we must recognize our need for a Savior. You think of the word Savior. Uh, you fall into uh, a well and you can't get out and someone walks by with a rope and they throw that rope down in there and you hold on and they pull you up. 
you've been saved. And someone says, what have you been saved from? And you would say, that clearly, that well. I was in that well, and I'm out here in the wilderness. No one would have found me. I could have died. And I was saved by the person that pulled me out of the well. Well, when we say we're, we're, we say we're saved by Jesus, what, how do we explain that? What are we saved from? Sin in the world. Well, what is sin? It's all that's in this world. Sin is anything that goes against God. Amen. Paul writes that to depart from sin would be to, to depart from the world. And my, I told my kids that today, and they told me, well, where would we go, Dad? We can't go to outer space. And I said, exactly. It's hard to depart sin in this world. You can't do it really fully. But what you can do is be saved from the consequences of sin or the wages of sin. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So to be able to be saved from the wages of sin, to be able to be saved from hell and the grave, and there's a real literal hell with burning hell fire, and it's meant for the devil and his fallen angels, but people that reject God's free gift of salvation, that's where they go for an eternity to burn and suffer and be afar off from God. And the burning and suffering, the gnashing of teeth is awful, but the worst part is distance from God. I believe in hell and in heaven we will truly realize our 100% need for God. And you'd say, well, don't we realize that on earth? Not necessarily. Many people don't think they need God. They don't fear God. They're not living for God. So clearly there's a problem there. But after this life comes the judgment. And at the judgment, I believe we'll realize, oh, we need God for everything, for every breath, for everything. And at that point, it's too late to say, oh, now I accept you. Because that's not an act of faith, is it? Now you can see God. So this is the age of grace. This is the church age. This is the time to uh, make our call and election sure. This is the time to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. This is the time to accept Christ as Savior. And when people say, what are you saved from? You're able to say, I'm saved from sin. And they say, how are you saved from sin? I'm saved from sin because Jesus, who was spotless and sinless, died on the cross for my sins. And when he died on the cross for my sins, and he was buried three days, and he was gloriously resurrected from the grave, He's now Christ. He's now eternally God. Amen. He's in his resurrected body. Not that he wasn't God before, but now he's in his resurrected body. He's, he walked the earth 40 days and 40 nights. He'd appear in this room. He'd walk down this road. He was uh, now of a supernatural level. And he ascended up to be with the Father after 40 days and 40 nights, uh, at which time he was seen had been seen by over 500 from his resurrection uh, point. Now we're saved by what Christ did on the cross. We're saved by that free gift of salvation. All we have to do is accept it. We say, okay, we believe that Christ did that for us. Him being sinless, he, he, him being sinless, he took on my sinful garment and he gave me his pure garment. So when God looks at me, he just sees Jesus. And when God looks at Jesus, he sees one that paid the price, the sacrifice. We'll see those nail scars in his hand, the sacrifice, the perfect sinless spotless lamb for all mankind that had sinned and those that accept the free gift are the only ones that can appropriate that sacrifice. Some churches teach that anyone that's born is saved. Well, no, uh, not anyone that's born. Anyone that's born again is saved because they have accepted the free gift of salvation. But uh, God wants us to accept it. Amen. And so all this to say that when we're saved and when we're born again, and again, I've given you a gospel account. And so if you haven't been saved, make today the day that you accept Jesus Christ as Lord. Maybe you just need clarity on it. And you can email me. Our email is on the website, kjvcafe.com, or go to Facebook, send me a message. Uh, 
I'm happy to give you more clarity on this. But if you need clarity, please get it today. Seek understanding of what it means to be saved, to be sure that you are saved. Because once you're saved, then you're going to enter into this spiritual battle. You often hear people talking about spiritual warfare, amen? And that spiritual battle is between the enemy of God, right, and those that are born again, those that are God's children. And so the enemy of God cannot attack God because uh, God is sovereign and in all control. So he's, who's he going to attack? He's going to attack God's own, God's elect, those who have been born again. And the enemy of God will do that. The devil will do that through temptation. The devil's the great accuser. The devil wants nothing more than to get you sidetracked and then go up there to heaven and say, ha ha, God, look at your servant over here cheating on his wife. Look at your servant over here drunk as a skunk over there at the bar. Look at your servant over here corrupt and in power. Look at your servant over here lifting his name up over yours. That's what the devil wants to do. And we don't want to give the devil an occasion to do that. And that all starts with our own lusts, right? So the devil knows what kind of bait to cast. And I could tell you story after story. I'm telling you what, the more I serve the Lord, the more the devil will throw out every kind of temptation known to man, right? And, and try to get me off a of track and, and any, ask any preacher, any Bible-believing preacher, and they deal with it every single day. The temptation, and we see that blessed is the man that endureth temptation, endure that suffers through it and doesn't give in. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. That's James 1, verse 12. Uh, and we see that God is not the one that's tempting. Verse 13, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. And so we see here that everyone is tempted. It is not a sin to be tempted because God is not the one tempting you. The devil is. It is only sin when that lust is given into, when that temptation is given into. And we see a biblical example in Matthew 4, as we spoke about last episode, how Jesus Christ himself was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. And if you read that scripture closely, look at Matthew 4, verse 1, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit, capital S, into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. I mean, think about that. In Matthew 4, chapter, or Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 in my King James Bible, it tells me that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. By, so God himself, uh, the second part of the Trinity, God the Son, was led by the Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, into the wilderness to be tempted. Why on earth would the Holy Spirit lead him into the wilderness to be tempted, if not to teach us how to respond? Amen. And so God does not, um, God does not do the tempting, but God allows the tempting, right? So God knew, God knew what was going to happen with Christ being tempted in the wilderness. God knows what's going to happen with you. He knows the future. He knows what the devil's going to tempt you with. And God is, I believe, urging us to get into his word and be equipped to handle this temptation. And with Jesus, he was fully equipped. He was tempted of his lusts. He had been um, f fasting 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry. You know, you say, oh, Jesus didn't lust. Well, I don't know, but I know that if you don't eat for 40 days and you're human, you're probably hungry. And so he was hungry. He was tempted of food. He was tempted to have angels bring him down from the temple, pride, fame, and status. We all want that as humans. He was tempted to be king over all the kingdoms of the world, and that would be a temptation of power. And Jesus defeated all of these temptations by quoting scripture back to the devil. 
when he was quoted, when he was tempted of the food, he, he quoted back in Matthew 4, 4, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Uh, Job writes that he esteemed uh, God's word uh, more than his daily food. Amen. Uh, we see here at Hebrews that everything that Christ went through is for our learning so that he can understand us. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So Hebrews 4.15 helps us understand two or three principles here. That Christ was tempted. Again, did Christ lust after these things? I don't know. But when you, let's say you were fasting, the devil was tempting you, and you were desiring to eat, right? Then Christ would be able to relate with, to you on that matter because he had gone through the same thing. So I don't know if lust is the right word for the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but I know that he was tempted. It says here he was tempted in all points as we are, and yet without sin. Amen. So it's not a sin to be tempted because if it was a sin to be tempted, then he couldn't, then Hebrews 4.15 couldn't tell us that Jesus was tempted and didn't sin. So it's not a sin to be tempted. We learn that. And we learn that Christ can relate to our temptations. And then we learn that Christ gave us the example to overcome those temptations by getting into the word, quoting back scripture to the devil, being strong in the word. Amen. So what does this all mean? Well, I wish I had more time here today to dive deeper into being an overcomer. But clearly this means that we are in a battle between the flesh and the little G God of this world and the spirit, the Holy Spirit, God himself living within us when we're born again. And we live in this battle in this season of time until we're called to be with the Lord uh, for eternity in heaven, amen, either through the rapture or through our home going. But either way, uh, we're in this world here today, and we need to overcome uh, the flesh in this world by seeking God fervently and being aware of our surroundings, being aware of what's got, what God's uh, doing in our life and what the devil's trying to do to get us off track. And just that awareness and spending time in God's word will greatly help us to overcome in this life. Thank you for listening. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119 verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.